are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right, covering some major ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about this show goes down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Um, hey, uh, the, the text lines are open, by the way, and they are certainly already being used. <laughs> so, you know, we, got, we got hundreds and hundreds of people in the text system, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, hundreds. and hundreds. And hundreds. Um, hundreds and maybe some hundreds, but uh, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Uh, jump on in there. Just jump on in where you can and hang on. That's what they say. But um, yeah, 833-687-4448 is the number. If you text it for the very first time, uh, just text the word right side. You'll get an automatic message back that says something to the effect of, uh, hey, right side ruffian, glad you're with us, and then asks for your first name and where you're from. So we can just plug you in and, uh, and, and get, that, uh, get you in the system so we can holler you out. Like, for instance, I'm looking over here uh, with regards to our conversation a minute ago, Boomer. Uh, Paul from Athens says, nothing like a ballpark hot dog. Said I coached both my sons through baseball, done it for 13 years. It's true. I mean, you know what? The nastiest hot dog at a ballpark is better than the best <laughs> one you can get in a restaurant. Absolutely. I mean, just get that little shriveled thing up. It's been sitting in the burner too long and the bun is stale and you squirted the ketchup out and got half of it on your hand and they were out of pickle relish and you ate that sucker and enjoyed every second. Uh, in the background, you hear the ding of the bat. Oh, ding, my gosh. Ding. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's just good. Um, Brian from Huntsville, uh, regarding Diane Feinstein, when I said they say she, he said no. That's he said no. It's what Diane Feinstein says that gives away her lack of mental acuity. <laughs> uh, there you go. TC from from Priceville had an awesome quote. Oh yeah, Play, yeah. Walter yeah. Payton, uh, when you're good at something, you'll tell everyone. When you're great at something, they'll tell you. Uh, oh yeah. Walter Payton was the man. Yes. Um, Sandy from Elkmont says so. Biden's calling for gun control after today's shooting, but no one called to outlaw U-Haul's box trucks after the person tried running over people yesterday. I saw that. Great point, Sandy. You don't hear anybody saying, we need to outlaw rental trucks. Um, but it's where we are. Um, TL from Huntsville, uh, with regards to the Texas rancher, Mr. Kelly, says, does the Texas rancher have the Biden defense? He said, I recall one of the Biden interviews where he just said, just fire two shotgun blasts outside the house. You know, I've forgotten about it. He did say that. Talking about gun control. Mm. He just... Um, that, wow, I got, I got an amazing audience. Y'all have the memories like steel traps. Thank you, T.L. from Huntsville. Uh, J.T. from Lacey Springs said, sad to say it seems to be pertaining, sad to say it seems to be pertaining to the rancher. Our legal system is criminal justice instead of victim justice. Uh, uh, uh. John from Huntsville. If you don't have any boxes of maple bacon chocolates, I have to buy me a box of ordinary chocolates at Publix. Yeah, by the way, he's reminding us all that it's Valentine's Day. So if you have not already taken the necessary measures, do so. Do so. Um, do not let yourself get caught unawares. But uh, uh, who was it yesterday? I think it was John from Huntsville again said, if I'm single, what do I do for Valentine's Day? Boomer, you answered back to him. Get yourself the most perfect giant cookie ever or make someone's day by paying for their coffee. Yeah. You're the man. <laughs> All right. All right, let me jump into the uh, the uh, content here. I got my first stack of documents sitting here on my lap. Multiple stories all related to number one of the Triple Dipper, the price of border chaos. So here's one I brought up the other day, but I'm going to bring it up again because what I want to paint for you here is this is this is a economic price. This is a price that really impacts the human toll. Uh, this is a price that that gets into people's personal pockets. This is a price that 
gets into numbers that relate to diplomatic relations. And truthfully, it's a price that um, I don't know that we'll ever see the true measure of the uh, intangibles, the second and third order effects that come from it. But let me start off with this. So what happens on the southern border is, is about, yes, it's about the flood of people across the border. It's about the fact that we appear to not even have a border right now. Just come on in, y'all, and have a seat. It's, 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 it's like the door has been left open, and it's just it's a free-for-all. But it does things. It creates issues, not the least of which is a story that I brought up last week, but I'm bringing it up again on February 5th of this year, just, uh, what, nine days ago. Arizona hospital on the brink of collapse after spending $20 million on migrant care and says nobody has a solution. Y'all, this is wrong. So this is the only, the only medical center in the entire area around Yuma, Arizona. Dr. Robert Tranchell, the president and CEO of Yuma, Arizona's Yuma Medical, Regional Medical Center, uh, said the problem is nothing new. It's been a long journey, he said. We've been at it for over a year now. And we tracked our uncompensated care for a period of six months, just the last six months, just the last six months. He says they've calculated they provided over $20 million in uncompensated care to migrants crossing the border. They've had to build out new infrastructure in their hospital to sustain it. They, they've got nobody saying how they're going to help it. So basically, when, when the Biden administration says, well, we believe the border is secure, Go ask the people who are trying to run a hospital, the only hospital in that area, and ask them how they're going to sustain this because, in their words, it's not, this is the quote, you ready? It's not a sustainable model to have these continued rising expenses without a revenue source to offset it. Hospitals are businesses too, and we may get frustrated with them, but the reality is we all expect them to get paid. We do. We may gripe at the bills. We may think that insurance has to cover so much and the cost of health care is expensive. It is. But you know what? Those hospitals, those are also major employer groups. They have staff. They have janitors. They have, uh, they have folks who work in, in food service. They have nurses and doctors. They have the ability to treat the injured and the sick and the infirm in a community. And right now, this one, just this one, this is the only one we're talking about right now. No telling how much the others are, but just this one. The price of this border chaos is in the last six months. This one hospital has $20 million in health care it's provided to illegals that it has no way of being compensated for. How do we possibly sustain that? Well, the answer is we don't. At some point, it creates a collapse. There's no way to sustain that kind of burden. All right, but let's talk about, for a minute, one of the other numbers. How about the human toll? The human toll on this has been unreal. In fiscal year 22, just in 22, which, by the way, was the second year of Biden's administration, in fiscal year 22, 853 migrants have died trying to cross the border, which is an all-time record. 853 people died. Those were just the illegals. Now, I got some other things that are, t that are tangible and intangible that relate, but the reality is this. Just the people who believe that they should come here and that the door is open for them to come here are trying to cross the border. 853. Now, that's, folks, that's, that's like 1.3 people a day. 853 migrants died in fiscal year 22 trying to reach the United States. 
How about fentanyl? We've talked about it at length on this show. Fentanyl. The vast majority, like upwards of 90% of the fentanyl that is ravaging the, the streets of the United States, the vast majority of it comes through Mexico, across the southern border. In just fiscal year 22, just 22, 110,236 deaths, fentanyl deaths in America. 110,236. So when you add just that number to the number of illegals who died, just those two together, we could go ahead and say, Mr. Biden, you have 111,000 recorded deaths that are attributable to the border policies. When does it become enough? The price of the border chaos is, is it's measurable, y'all. $20 million from one hospital in six months. Uncompensated medical care for illegals. 853 died trying to get here. 110,000 OD'd on fentanyl that came here through the southern border. And then you got the story I told you about a while ago. Arizona rancher George Allen Kelly. Um, George Allen Kelly does not believe he's the one who shot the man. That's his, his defense right now. I don't know if he did or not. But I do know this. You've got a guy, here's a number for you, who's in his 70s, who lives on the southern border, who just runs his ranch like a common salt-of-the-earth guy, who is now facing a million-dollar bond for murder because he is alleged to have shot an illegal who was on his property illegally. A guy who, by the way, like I said earlier, has been deported multiple times. How's that for a human toll? And that's just, but I, and, I, and I guarantee you, I'm not trying to make an evil prediction. I'm not trying to, you know, trying to be sensationalistic. But that kind of thing is going to happen more. And I'm shocked that it hasn't happened more already. 853 migrants died on the way here. How many more Americans and or illegals are going to die in violent conflicts on the border because we can't control the access? It's a question worth asking. What's the number? Mr. President, what is the number that will get your attention? It's not 110,000 fentanyl deaths, apparently. It's not, it's not 853 illegal immigrants dying, apparently. It's not one old 73-year-old guy or working his ranch who's now pacing a million-dollar bond. What is it? What's the number that will get his attention? Is there a number that gets his attention? Is there a threshold at which point he would say, oh, I see it now? Fox News has another story that is dated February 10th. A Texas rancher, not Mr. Kelly, another one. Texas rancher sends message to Biden, do something now before the cartels come and take it away from us. Here's the other number, the cost of the chaos on the southern border. A Texas rancher, it says, who spent thousands of dollars to secure her property from suspected migrant trespassers issued a stern warning to President Biden on Friday, that's Friday week, on the threat posed by cartels. Biden took an oath to serve and protect our border, said Deborah Douglas. He's done nothing. He's promoting it, in my opinion. If we don't do something now, we all might as well hand over our keys because the cartels are going to come and take it from us next. She said, we just finished our second stage of securing our ranch, and we had to spend an additional $13,000 to secure it so that when we're not there, we feel comfortable. $13,000 out of pocket on the second round of putting up security at their ranch. Well, listen, we're going to take a break right now. When we get back, I'm going to tell you about a few more things, and then I'm going to do a deep dive for you. 
What did the Mexican government actually do that made it worse? Didn't, when did they do it? How about this? The day Biden got elected, they began changing Mexican law. Huh. Huh. I'll tell you about it when we get back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, saving the world one soundbite at a time. Uh, text lines are indeed open, 833-687-4448. What do I got here? I got several. Uh, try and look and see. Um, Bruce from Hazelgreen. He says, Mr. Biden is more concerned about taking away our Second Amendment rights than he is about the southern border. I don't disagree with that. Um, Chris from Madison. That's not including the cost for English as a second language, the cost for the education of illegal immigrants that are not paying taxes to help cover the cost of schools. That's a great point. You know, when I was a state senator, we were passing an illegal immigration bill here in Alabama, which became quite the thing, let me tell you. Um, when we were passing that, I actually took a tour of um, Marshall County. Is it Marshall? Yeah. Marshall and DeKalb County had some serious issues. Um, and it was not that they didn't want people coming there. It was just that they had an overwhelming surge of, uh, of illegals, and it was causing some chaos. And one of the school superintendents that I met with said, the interesting thing is, he said, I need, I need to hire um, two new teachers for this topic. I think they were STEM-related. But he said, but instead I had to spend the money hiring two interpreters uh, to work in the classrooms. He said, so that it, it diminishes the capacity to actually teach because they're having to first translate and then, you know, go from there. And then just, just on and on and on. Um, so good, good comments, uh, Chris from Madison. Bert from Owens Crossroads says, border crossers. says, we flew border patrol, uh, uh, BORTAC units a lot, and there's nothing sadder than seeing a person who has died in the desert or swimming in the sand as they were hallucinating. And that's, that's, uh, that sounds like a firsthand experience. Uh, Bert, I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to call in, you're welcome to it. 833-687-4448. Uh, Ike from Somerville um, uh, is just brand spanking new on it. Uh, we've got Ike. Ike, are you saying you're from Brindley Mountain as opposed to Somerville? we gotta, we got to change it. We'll do it. Uh, but anyway, we're glad you're in the, uh, the text string. And then Grandma Wanda, Grandma Wanda from Coleman texted in, says the comments show folks are being blessed in many parts of the world and, uh, and has a, a live YouTube she wanted me to go look at. So, Grandma, we'll check it out for you. Thanks so much for being in the audience. We appreciate you as always. Um, all right, let me jump back to my, 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 my stuff. Here's one of those very disturbing, um, I say very disturbing, only because of our, our relationship with China. It's not that any one ethnic group is, is you know, different, but, when, but their nationality, it can mean something. And here we are shooting down a Chinese surveillance balloon and possibly three others. We don't know where they were from, but we're, we're speculating China. We've got China is our near-pair adversary on the world stage. We've got China that we believe is trying to undermine us in a variety of ways. Uh, and then China, which is threatening Taiwan. Fox News story dated February 9th. That's, what, five days ago. 
Border Patrol apprehensions of Chinese nationals at the southern border is up 800%. 800%. 800% increase. Now, what does that mean? They had one, now they have eight? No. Border Patrol apprehensions of Chinese nationals crossing into the U.S. illegally are currently up more than 800% compared to this time last year, just in one year. A senior Customs and Border Protection source said that apprehensions of nationals from China are up 800% as compared to where they were in fiscal year of January of last year in numbers that have not yet been officially released. According to CBP statistics, there have been 1,862 Border Patrol encounters with Chinese nationals between October when the fiscal year began and the end of December. That's compared to 229 in the same period the year prior. That's a significant jump. Why would that be? Why would you suddenly go from 229 to 1,862 Chinese nationals? There's a number for you to put in your pipe and smoke. And then how about this one? Story on hotair.com. Suddenly, Canada doesn't want to be a sanctuary. <laughs> Go figure. It's amazing to me how the liberals who have so long been just, you know, virtue signaling to the world. This is what we would do if we were in that position. We would take care of people. In fact, we will go ahead and declare ourselves to be a sanctuary for all those who come here illegally. And then what happens? Wait, we didn't mean it. Oh, my gosh. Um, the guy starts off, I will say it's, it's a slanted article. <laughs> I acknowledge that right off the bat. He starts off by saying, drinking the tears of the woke is delicious, especially when used as a dash of liquid and a fine glass of scotch whiskey. All right, there's the opening of the article. But he gets real. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has decided to ship illegal aliens to Canada. Woo! And it turns out that even Trudeau's Canada a country that virtue signals like a blue-haired Unitarian minister embracing a drag queen <laughs> has a limit to the number of... <laughs> a blue-haired a blue Unitarian minister embracing a drag queen. There's an image for you. Has a limit to the number of illegal immigrants they will provide sanctuary to, and that limit ain't so high. It says the government of Canada's largest province is demanding that Mayor Eric Adams immediately stop helping migrants. Here's a quote from Quebec Premier Francois Legault. Any form of assistance to migrants crossing the border, which is strictly forbidden to do so, should stop immediately, he said. And he went on to say, we understand New York has problems, but we cannot have a humanitarian crisis on our hands. Well, I got news. You declare yourself a sanctuary, and then you're surprised when people want to come there for sanctuary. So, yeah, the numbers and the price of chaos but here's the thing. The, the, the article that I found to be the most telling, the deep dive article, we're going to get to right after this break. I'll, I'll wrap the segment up with this. The headline from a New York Post article dated yesterday, how Mexico outfoxed Joe Biden on illegal immigration, knowing that he would never fight back. There's a freaking headline for you. How Mexico outfoxed Joe Biden on illegal immigration, knowing he'd never fight back. So you mean there's official action in Mexico? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there is. And it started the day Biden got elected. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back.
are you right side? You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios, hour number two, local, state, national, sometimes the international, man. We cover down on all the issues, and like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Um, well, I know we had a caller who called in right as we're going to break a minute ago. I think that was Bert. Uh, I'd love to hear from Bert because I think he's the one who who flew, flew the uh, CBP's BORTAC units, their, their SWAT teams, basically, along the southern border. So, yeah, Bert, you get a chance. Call back. Um, let, me, uh, let me just jump onto this extremely interesting article uh, from New York Post. Um, this thing really caught my attention. And I know the phones are ringing, so if it's, if it's him, I'll, I'll, I'll hang on to my article for a second. But, but you, you might want to know that the southern border is what it is, not just because of Biden's policies, but because of how Biden is perceived in other places. So let me, let me do this. I'm going to take a call real quick. I'm going to come back to that thought. What happens when other countries believe the Biden administration is going to do nothing in the face of, uh, you know, border crossings? Let me jump over the phones real quick, though. Line one, uh, Bert, Owens Crossroads. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm good, sir. I'm good. Was that you that texted in earlier? It was. Well, well thank you for your service. So, uh, Tell me, your experiences were what? You said you were an aviator flying uh, CBP units? Yeah, I was uh, with, with U.S. Customs, and we uh, supported the Border Patrol for years and years. And uh, always based in Yuma, Arizona, we flew numerous search and rescue units with the Border Star units, which were the search and rescue units of the Border Patrol. And a uh, number of migrants that were uh, found dead in the desert was just astonishing to me, and that would have been in the late 2000 time frame. Wow. So even even before the chaos we're seeing now, it was already something that was disturbing to watch, huh? Oh, just unbelievable numbers that we, we'd see, and uh, I can only imagine what they're seeing nowadays. So what back then, uh, Bert, when you're, when you're finding bodies in the desert, was it uh, death by violent means, or was it death by exposure to the elements? What was it? <clears throat> Um, a lot of it was, uh, death by, uh, exposure and there was, was also quite a bit of, by violent means, although I, I think the exposure probably outnumbered the violent means at that time. Wow. Wow. How many years were you flying those, uh, those border routes? I, I was with them for 20 years. So you, you saw it happen. I mean, you saw multiple administrations and, and was there any certain time when it was better versus worse that, that you can attribute to anything at all? Um, I, I can't say it was better at any one time. Um, you know, probably pre Reagan, it was probably better, but that was before my time. You know, that was one of the big, uh, immigration reform takes took place and kind of been steadily downhill ever since. Well, I mean, a lot of folks don't, don't realize too, those, those men and women, uh, wearing the green uniform of the customs and border patrol, those are, those are like our border troops and they, they really, they actually go into harm's way quite often, don't they? Oh, they, they go in harm's way every time they put on the uniforms, every single day. Some of, the, some of the Border Patrol guys go out by themselves into areas where I wouldn't even want to think about going. Yeah. 
And, you know, one of the things that impressed me, too, is almost every time I've seen somebody from CBP uh, doing anything, they're, they're also, most of them are bilingual. They're, they have, they have a, a dual language capability, English and Spanish at the very least. Yes, all, I think all Border Patrolmen have to be bilingual. See, that's a step up, man. That's, I mean, law enforcement is, is, is got my attention no matter where they are. But when you, when you look at the things they have to do, the environment they work in down on the southern border, especially, and then the fact that they have to be bilingual, and then it's just, it's just amazing the job that they do. Oh, my, my hat is off to them every single day, no matter where they're stationed, you know, northern border, southern border, anywhere. Based on your experiences, uh, Bert, what what are your thoughts about what's happening down there right now? I mean, just just give us your perspective. What what would you imagine it's like, and what do you have any friends that are still down there? And what's the morale like? Do you know? Um, you know, I I retired in 2011, and I can only imagine. You know, the morale is kind of in the gutter. And you know, at one point, the uh, leadership at the Border Patrol was, "Don't shoot back, run away." I don't know if they've actually done away with that statement, but. Uh, you can only imagine what that would do to your morale. Yeah, yeah. The, the the rules of engagement actually can be oppressive. I mean, I, I I can tell you that from the military being downrange. As the ROE changes, it changes your perspective of what you were there for, even. It, exactly. Well, uh, hey, Bert, we appreciate you calling in. Thanks for that perspective. And if you if you got anything else you want to chime in on, you text it or call it in. All right, we appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for your service. All right. Thank you. Well, that's cool. We got a cool audience, man. I'm just telling you. Um, flying on the southern border for 20 years. Um, and uh, wow. Um, and they do. And I, I will say this. We talk about our law enforcement a lot. You know, I've said before on this show, we, I, we, we err on the side of law enforcement. I recognize there's problems at times in the ranks. I recognize that there's always going to be, you know, the one bad apple in the batch. But by and large, this show will always err on the side of the men and women who put on a uniform and a badge and go to hard places to do hard things. It can be in the smoothest, you know, most well-run community, crime-free, uh, still patrolling at night, hoping things go well. And it can be places like on the southern border right now where they find bodies on a daily basis and they're overwhelmed uh, with the numbers. Um, here's the story that I'm going to cap all this off with. Headline from New York Post dated yesterday. How Mexico outfoxed Joe Biden on illegal immigration, knowing that he would never fight back. Here's one of the prices of chaos. One of the prices of chaos is when you lose your standing on the world stage. You hear me? When you lose your standing on the world stage, when foreign nations no longer respect you because of things like what I'm about to show. It says here, immediately after Joe Biden's inauguration in 2021, immediately, the southern border exploded. Families began crossing in mass, and the Border Patrol released them to the nonprofits, which then bust them into cities around the country. The Mexican government, it says, was not happy with Trump because of Trump's remain in Mexico policies. So, facing threats of tariffs and that kind of thing from Trump, they had been forced, Mexico had, to take on the housing, the feeding, and the caring for migrants on their side of the border as opposed to letting them just pass right on through. But once Trump's policies took full effect, Mexico was quickly overwhelmed. They, they, they struggled on their own right, but they have a southern border of their own they could try to help close. 58 detention centers in Mexico were filled to capacity, it says. And then when those filled up, you began to have the, the, the homeless camps. And Mexico then began closely eyeing the 2020 election, looking for relief should Joe Biden win. Here's the thing. Here's the, here's the kicker. Because they knew who they were dealing with. It says immediately after the election, November 6th, 
72 hours after Biden's election. The Mexican Congress secretively passed a new and unusual law that had been pre-written and was waiting for clearance. Within 72 hours of Biden being elected, they passed one. Here, here's a long name for it. It was called, quote, the various articles of the migration law and the law on refugees are reformed, complementary protection and political asylum in the matter of migrant children. All that basically means was they passed this thing 72 hours later. A couple of days after that, President Obrador signed it with no formal announcement, no press coverage. And what it boiled down to is this. Beginning at the time that Biden took office, the new law prohibited Mexican federal detentions of migrant families. Meaning, if you were a family, you got a pass-through. Meaning, if you were at least seven months pregnant, you got a pass-through along with whoever claimed to be the father. And it says Mexico began emptying out detention centers. Thousands of families with their young children could then travel freely anywhere they wanted to, which everyone knew meant the U.S. border. And it gave individual Mexican states the authority to take action, to then even refuse the Title 42 returns that at least Biden was still doing that. Well, if they, if they rejected the Title 42s, they had nowhere to go. And the state of uh, Tamaulipas, I believe it's called, the most heavily trafficked by migrants did just that. It refused to take Biden's expellees for Title 42 and said they had no shelter space, and they made that decision on Biden's inauguration day. So here's the kicker. The article says the collective effort of the law, a collective effect of the law, was that thousands of migrant families found out that they were not only freed from Mexican detention centers, but that when they crossed the U.S. border, then the Americans would have to keep them. And Mexican government officials wagered that President Biden would take all the families without resistance and threaten nothing like Trump's tariffs. And they were right. They passed the law within 72 hours of Biden being elected. It went into effect as Biden was inaugurated, and immediately an influx like we have never seen before began. Why? Because part of the price of being soft on your border policies is a lack of respect from the international community. It says, before the inauguration, Border Patrol might typically take three or four released immigrants a day to a local NGO uh, just, just across the border um, in uh, Arizona. But on the very first day after the inauguration, Border Patrol started dropping off 60 to 100. They went from three or four at this one center to 60 to 100 the day after Biden's inauguration. It says it became a new normal on an industrial scale. Families crossing the river, turning themselves to any federal agent they could find. Border Patrol apprehensions of family units, almost all of them in Texas, rocketed from 4,406 in December of 20 to 54,000 by the end of March 21. That's a 1,400% increase. The numbers were particularly stark for unaccompanied minors, it says. In fiscal year 2020, they numbered 33,000. That's a lot. But six times that many came up in 2021 of 146,000, and they're already estimated to be at 150,000 in recapping 2022. Folks, I'm just telling you, Mexico knew exactly what it was doing. Within 72 hours of a change in the administration, they passed a new law, which went into effect immediately upon the inauguration of President Biden. They staged it. They knew who they were dealing with. And it literally has just, just flooded our borders. Part of the price of chaos at the southern border 
is a lack of respect on the international stage. Mexico knew exactly what it was doing. And I'm telling you right now, the price of the border chaos in the human factor, the economic factor, the, the social factor, and the standing on the world stage, we're, we're going to be finding second and third order effects of this for years to come. And we've got to see a change. All right, enough of that. Take me to a break, Boomer. We'll take that break right now. We'll come back. I'm switching gears. Number two on the Triple Dipper, killing the burbs. Why do Democrats hate the suburbs? It's, it's an unusual circumstance. We'll talk about it. Be right back. <laughs> 